It's, it's raining sheet metal. Anyway, uh, so okay, so it's uh, Sunday, the 29th of March, 2015, and this is the Grouchy Club podcast with me, John Fleming, and with uh, me, Kate Kopsky. And who are you? I'm fine. Who are you? Who are you? Yes. Uh, and I was saying before this started that all comedians are young, aren't they? There are no old comedians of any note. Well, there's Lewis Schaefer, who's getting older by the second. Not that he'd admit it. And it's his birthday tomorrow, and he's saying he's 105, I think, tomorrow. Fantastic. But they're not. I was listening last night to the uh, to Radio Four Extra. It's a bit trendy for you. Which uh, no, I listened to because I tend to go to bed quite early now because I'm very aged myself. Uh, listen to Radio 4 Extra, and Friday night, over the weekend, it's hosted by Arthur Smith, who himself is about 108 years old, and he was saying, uh, just last night, he <coughs> mentioned that it was, uh, now, uh, Sweeney, Jim Sweeney's 60th birthday. Oh, wow. And, you know, there's a lot, all that, most of that lot that we're kicking about in the sort of 80s well, no. that are, are still... There, the, the, the people that you'd queue up to see are of an age. Well, and people you're queuing you up don't... to see, but not the people that the, the students are queuing up to see. Well, they want to see the, the mighty busher yesterday's act. I don't know, but I'm talking about Richard Herring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. I mean, a lot of, uh, there's a very few, at least I see very few kind of baby comics in the way that, you know, with a, with a real voice, the way that when the 80s lot started, they all had shit to say, you know? Hmm. And now they're just kind of saying shit. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Brilliant. But, but they've, got, they've got, they had Margaret Thatcher to, to rail against. Now they haven't got anyone to rail against. You can't really rail against the Liberal Party. You can rail against anything you like. Well, I mean, the ought have been, there was a whole generation that ought to have been railing against Tony Blair, but they didn't. Oh, that's because he was, he was a Labour one, and you can't, you, you can't rail against Labour people. Even if he's a war criminal. Precisely, which he yes. is, yes. and was. And, and will be. No Forever. Yeah. Peace envoy, now that was funny. Anyway, there you oh, go. Hilarious. But, yeah, so, so in theory... The... Just please feel free to insert your own, you know, uh, vampire in charge of a blood bank, etc, etc. You know, alcoholic in charge of an off-licence joke here to do with Tony Blair, Peace Envoy. In theory, all these young comedians in the 1980s who grew, grew old are the, are the ones who survived are the best ones, in theory. That's true. But, but presumably there are really good ones who disappeared. Well, there's, there's really good ones, not who've disappeared, but who are not uh, kind of in your face all over the place, thinking, you know, like Boothby Graffo. Yeah, he's not disappeared. No, no thinking, you don't disappear, but, you know, he's not... You don't... Oh, well, for example, I, I don't think he's been up at the fringe for quite a few years. No, there was Jim McCabry, who I never saw, disappeared. Um, was he good? I think he was good. And there was, um, oh, no, that was later, that was in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, there, were, there were crazy people like George Egg, who's still around, yeah. but yeah. not, you know, Telly has never had the sense to pick up on him. Well, Telly seems to have ignored poor old Richard Herring, who's excellent, he's doing oh, his, yeah. own, his own shows. Well, I th yeah, because Telly likes egos and pretty faces and dangerous haircuts. Well, little Mr. Herring is a pretty little soul. No. To be he, fair. Is he not? No. Oh, but then, no. you know, neither of them. Stuart Lee was never pretty. I'd do him. Really? No, no. You're just desperate, John. That's what you are. <laughs> um, you heard it here. For, you, that no. was quite a way to come out, actually. 
John Fleming outs himself on the Grouchy Club podcast. No, no. Not only outs himself, but throws down the sexual gauntlet to, was that Lee or Herring or both? Oh, anyone, really. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. There we go. If you're listening, Stuart, and if you're not, why not? This is your man. I'm not acting myself as gay. I'm acting myself as desperate, basically. Ah. Uh, and any sort of bovines or anything, I'll, I'll go yeah, for I had, uh, oh, I still have uh, a friend, chap-type friend, who you, I used to be... Chap or chapped? Chap. Chap. Ah, chap. Okay. Uh, I used to be quite envious of him because he, was getting, he got laid from one end of the country to the other. He was never without... A shag. Ooh, who's this? Name the and, names. And uh, I said to him, no, this is just unbelievable. Just a comedian? No. Oh. Mm, no. no. He, no, no. Uh, he's <laughs> in journalism. And, but he is funny, but he's not a professional comedian. Anyway, laid from one end of the country to the other, and I was very, very envious. And I said, it's just how do you do it? And he said, basically, what you, you want to get laid every night. Basically, have no standards. <laughs> I've tried that, it doesn't work. I mean, I've, my, my standards are pretty low, but uh, not every... Well, I suppose I used to. Did you have a rampant sex life? I mean, this is carrying on from uh, the last podcast, which people seem to like when we talked about you. Well, I didn't. I very Did you have a rampant sex life? No. You had hair? Oh, that's, that's below the belt, as they say. No, it's above the belt. Oh, well, I don't know about you below the belt. I haven't seen it. We're always fully clothed when we do these podcasts. <laughs> no, 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 no one's ever interested, really. I, 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 I have nothing to say. What but you I were say? in what television. Everybody wants to shag somebody in television. Oh, I was working with Jeremy Beadle, though, wasn't I? And Silla Black. Well, <laughs> OK, on a scale of one to Jeremy Beadle, you're really quite attractive. Not <laughs> Jeremy Beadle. Did you ever meet Beadle? Be Beadle yes. To, but when you first met him, he used to give you a handshake to see what the reaction mm. was when you realised... When he got angry, he used to threaten you with a bunch of two and a half, so we said... Ha-ha! Ha-ha-ha! Um, oh, my ribs. No, very nice man, very talented, you know, very, very nice great man. presenter, Mu much maligned, smart. Much maligned by his late producer, who, who was an absolute idiot, but, uh, because uh, Beadle's about was absolute rubbish. Uh, yeah. <gasps> now, nothing has come out of the woodwork about him fingering small boys up the high street. Beadle? Yeah. I don't think he did, did he? Well, it seems like everybody did. Well, not small boys, I don't think. Or small girls. Yeah, That's, small you know. girls. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed there. But, I mean, there's practically no one left from that era uh, of entertainers who hasn't been discovered to be some kind of hideous, paedophilic pervert. Apart from your good self. I don't, know why, <laughs> I don't know why rock bands haven't come up, because, I mean, rock bands must be prime targets, you would have thought. Rock well, bands in the 60s and 70s. Well, I suppose that it's... What it is, is the, there has to be somebody to complain. Now, if you were, you know, 14 or 15 and shagged uh, a rock star and thought it was the best thing ever, you're not going to complain, are you? Because well, you're still well, thinking, this is one yeah. of my happiest memories ever. Whereas well, Jimmy Savile is probably not, not quite, Well, exactly. Not, not good notch on the bedpost, Just really. Just horrendous, uh, horrendous. Uh, how do we get onto the subject? And uh, apparently... Uh, Jimmy Savile's remaining family are very upset that uh, the, uh, the BB somebody in the BBC likened um, Jeremy Clark the Jeremy Clarkson fracas to uh, the Jimmy Savile. I mean, I think that's very unfair. They, they thought it brought, brought down Savile's reputation. Absolutely. Uh, well, you can't go around sort of hitting people, I don't think. I mean, I can't, I can't see how the BBC could have, could have held was, on to it. What's his name? The, the other ghastly long-haired... Mimsy one. Uh, what's his name? James May. He said 
something that was really quite small and insignificant has been blown up. It was a, it was a verbal assault that went on for half an hour, and then a physical assault. I really don't see... If that had happened in the street, the police would have been there. Well, so I don't understand how he could have physically assaulted a guy for 30 seconds and only split his lip. I mean, he's very inefficient, isn't it? It's a beater-upper, I think. Right, so, but I mean, 30 seconds is a hell of a long time. I, it, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. Who do you think should take over from him? I think you. Do you think the fact that I can't drive and know nothing about cars would get in the way of that at all? I think that's a new angle. You need a new angle and that's a new angle. Aha! Uh -huh. uh, but, but you have presented in the past. Have we, ever gone, we haven't gone into this in the broadcast, have we? You, you, no, we haven't. I, I've presented a BBC game show with the late, great Mike Smith. <gasps> I know. Is he late? Isn't he late? Okay. Yes. Who, who knows? Who knows? He's who... late. He died. Television. Obviously, that's the definition of Malcolm one of the definitions die. of late. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, he, uh, no, he died. Mike oh, Smith. Oh, he was okay. I met him once. Very yeah, nice he, man. Terrible reputation for being dull and, and bland. I, I know. He's terribly nice. Oh, he, nice. and yes. we did on the about the the second. They used to put us up in the oh god, what was that hotel in Manchester that was a brothel? The huge hotel that was a brothel. The uh, one, that's, the red one. That's now was it the Adelphi? No. There was the red one that's now a, a Holiday Inn. No, 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 no. Anyway, anyway yeah. we were. Um, they were all brothels. We were put up in. Oh, but this was a tremendously well known as a brothel. Like yeah. one of the. It was like the third floor, I think. Was uh, so if somebody knocked on your door and you were on the third floor, not open it. Do not open it. That's anyway, very similar to the costume department at Television Centre, the third floor. Really? Yes. We so we were all put up in this hotel, and one night we were having a bit of a do in uh, someone's bedroom. Not that kind of a do, but just, you know, there was drinking going can, on, can, John. Can, can we do a recap there? We were having a bit of a do. Well, the, the production team. En masse. En masse. Uh, and We've got pictures. And myself. Uh, no, wonderful people like uh, Nick Vaughan Barrett, uh, Malcolm Williamson, uh, hilarious uh, Malcolm Williamson. Anyway, we were on someone's room, drinking, and, 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 joking. And, it was all fun. And for legal reasons, this is not sex, is it? Good. No, right, good, good God, good. no. Yes. Um, nobody would have me. Uh, so we were all very, all very good fun. Mike Smith left. He was like the first to leave. And we were all oh, a bit of a party pooper. When the second person left, which was about half an hour later, there was this scream, shriek of horror from the corridor outside. We all rushed out. And there was Mike Smith lying face down, apparently unconscious. But he, he was just pretending. He'd, he'd gone out there, laying down specifically to wait for the next person coming out to give him a heart attack, and just about did. How we laughed. How we laughed. What a little prankster he was. I know. And the Beadle was, getting back to Beadle, Beadle, who people now have, and I've forgotten, I think, it was terribly interesting, because he, he, he just got a reputation for being a... Uh, a prankster and a candid cameraman. In fact, he was much more interesting. Mm -hmm. He was a main. He was an editor of Early Time Out, wasn't he? And and he was a contributor to the World Almanac of sort of bizarre facts. That's right. He was encyclopedic yeah. about uh, weird facts. He used to, he used to do a quiz in a broad community, kind of Beatles weird yeah. facts. Yeah. There was a lot of these people in in that era, where uh, you know under underestimated. Um, yeah. because they chose, or they ended up doing something light-hearted and silly yeah. in loud clothes. 
Me, for example. No, but um, like Jimmy Savile, uh, Matthew Kelly. He was, you know, did all that kid stuff. Tremendously fine uh, and actor. I, now you love Matthew Kelly. I don't adore you? Matthew. Oh, Kelly. How do you adore Matthew Kelly? Because he's an unbelievably lovely, genuine man. He, I mean, he's hugely talented, very well read, utterly charming, and what you see is what you get. He's, <laughs> and you know, he, he's just completely straightforward and honest and. Lovely. There was some you three type things about him. Oh, that was uh, that was someone who admitted once it all got to mm -hmm. you know the the court. You know uh, when he was pinned to the wall about it, and not in a sexual way, <laughs> in an interrogative way, uh, that he'd never actually met Matthew Kelly at all. Oh, really? Not even met him? No. That's a bit of a dodgy one. No. So he was just some crazy, ghastly yeah, man. Yeah. But you know, Matthew was devastated. Yeah. But. I think it was a, a, a sign of um, how well liked he is that, you know, nothing really dreadful happened and he got, uh, he was in panto at the time and he got a standing ovation when he went on the next night. And, uh, but, and you know, since then he's gone, I saw him in uh, Of Mice and Men. He was stunning. Quite, quite brilliant. A tear in the eye. Oh, I was in floods. Floods. And then he did the, the serial killer thing, what was it? Not in Cold Blood, um, but uh, on t telly. Yeah. No, he's, he's a wonderful man. And, uh, which sort of vaguely brings us on to gayness, doesn't it? But I remember does it? Well, it does, because, <laughs> it does because I remember when we were doing, I think it was Surprise... No, it must have been Game for a Laugh. Mm. No, no, it was, it was Surprise, Surprise. And uh, on Surprise, Surprise, Christopher Biggins was, was hosting with Cilla Black. You're not going to tell me Christopher Biggins is gay. <laughs> no, no. But what I'm going to say is that they, they, did, they did a surprise, surprise, where the, the end thing was that Biggins was a centrefold in a magazine. So he was sort of lying horizontally in the, sort of the centrefold of the magazine, naked. <gasps> uh, and they filmed it, and it was all very funny. And then when, when, when the producers sat... You were completely naked? Well, but with his... As in with his bric-a-brac showing? No, no, with, with nothing. So, so uh, uh, a 1960s Playboy naked. Right, a, a, okay, a so the bric-a-brac tucked away I, I, behind a shrub. I believe so, although I never saw it. Or a but, small dog. But, but no, no, it must have been hidden, because it was like 7 o'clock on a 7.30 on a Sunday on ITV1. Uh, but the, the point is, when the producers sat down and looked at the film, they figured they couldn't transmit it. It never was transmitted. Why? Because it was gay in a Spit sexual it way. Out. It was gay in a sexual way. And Alan Boyd, the head of entertainment, said that his, his opinion was that they could have done it if it had been uh, Matthew Kelly on Game for a Laugh, because Matthew Kelly was camp, whereas for some reason... <gasps> and Chris, he thought Christopher Biggins no, wasn't no, camp. No, 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 but for some reason, I think he's right, for some reason, although Christopher Biggins was camp, there was an element of sexuality in Christopher Biggins, which wasn't there in Matthew Kelly, and I can sort of see, and therefore it became sort of tasteless with Biggins, but it would have been innocent fun with Matthew Kelly. Discuss. Right. Discuss, because they are both camp. Uh, Screaming, darling, yeah, screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would never have thought... I mean, I understand that uh, that is why uh, you get... You know, that the Larry Grayson's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's why uh, Graham Norton gets away yeah. with what he does. Yeah. It's why Alan Carr gets away with what he does. They almost... Uh, they desexualise themselves. Yeah. They're so camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't really imagine them having sex because yeah. it, it's... Yeah. They desexualize themselves yeah. almost 
immediately castrate themselves. And there's a whole tradition there in, in British humour, because, I mean, the round the horn was Kenneth Horn. Absolutely. It was phenomenally camp, and they were, as far as I understand it, they were talking Polari, weren't they? They were, they were talking they were Polari actually, when... They were talking pure sex. And, yes. And they got away with it. Oh, Mr. Wrong, yeah. Mr. Wrong. And, and everyone knew that they were homosexual. Yes. Uh, but because it was camp, they were sort of... Un unhomosexual, yeah, as it were. Absolutely. So I mean, I've heard people discuss who, who weren't there and didn't hear the shows, or weren't there at the time. They're too young, saying, "Oh well, uh, the BBC didn't know it was about sex." Oh, don't be ridiculous! Yeah, we, indeed, everybody, everybody knew it was yeah, about sex. Everyone knew that they. That were, was why they were laughing. Yeah. So I mean, uh, what was it? My friend Sandy. Yeah. That whole routine. I'm Julian. Yeah. It's my friend Sandy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone knew they were homosexual, but it was without any relevance to sex yeah. in some way. It was, it was camp. Varda the lals on that. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this. No, neither. But, or, or um, podcast, but it, is it, it's, it, it took quite a long while, I, I think, for... Well, people... I can't think of anybody else, really, but people like Scott Capuro, who is extremely gay, and his whole comedy is very uh, gay, but not... Kind of... In, in, he's, he is camp, but... It's pretty serious. Yeah. Well, I think nowadays you, you, you can be homosexual and be accepted, whereas I think in the past... But who else is there that, that's doing comedy like that, really? I can't think of all that many. Well, gay, gay, openly gay comedy? No, 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 no. Well, well, but not just for the sake of campery. Uh... Actually, laterally, she said, asking a question and then answering it herself, sorry, uh, Rona Campbell... Rona, sorry, Cameron. Yes. Rona Cameron uh, started doing some fabulous stuff about... And she's disappeared uh, for some reason. I know, I'm not quite sure why. Uh, Susan Kalman is fairly, you know, especially in her last yeah. couple of shows, the yeah. one she did about uh, gay marriage. She did yeah. a... She's very small, but she can be overlooked. <sighs> um, and that's why I'm not a comedian, of course. But it's, it's interesting, although... How Hello. funny is being gay? I can't think of a punchline to that. <laughs> there must be a punchline, but uh, <laughs> it's probably non-PC and I can't think of it. But that brings us back to your sex life. <laughs> which, which was, uh, women didn't throw themselves at me, it has to be said. Uh, Not even when you were in television? No, no, no. Well, I was around as a lowly researcher, so that doesn't... No, I, I was definitely on family programmes. Uh, I mean, my big programmes with Tiz was children. We don't talk about that. Uh, but I, I certainly found uh, that children's uh, television was a hotbed of all kinds of uh, unnecessary behaviour. Oddly, I think I don't think I've ever encountered that for some <gasps> bizarre. Well, no, it wasn't. Well, it was. I mean, Tis was was what the I was on it like around about the turn of the seventies to eighties, and yeah, there was sex going on all, all over the place, but uh, off off production teams, I think. Ah. Uh, I remember some graphic designer saying he, was, he, he felt he should be awkward but didn't feel awkward because his, his new girlfriend was about the same age as his son. Uh, and he was in his 40s and the girlfriend was 18 or something. Marvellous. Marvellous, darling, yes. Uh, I don't know where this isn't leading anywhere, is it? Mm. But, um, uh, um, uh, no, sex, I'm open to offers, even from Lewis Schaefer. Oh, good grief. 65 tomorrow, Lewis Schaefer. Oh, and he's looking well. Yes. Even since he stopped <laughs> dyeing his hair. 
Ah, no, 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 sex and Lewis Schaefer in his hair. I think it makes him look older and therefore uh, less attractive, I would have thought. I, I don't know. But, 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 no, he's, but, gone, he's become a bit of a silver fox. Yes, now, now, women keep telling me he's, he's more attractive with his grey hair. Uh, and I would have thought if you're a stand-up comedian, you have to be young. Because there's, there's a... With, with Lewis and the jet black hair, yeah. there, was a, there was a definite hint of Lenny Beige. <laughs> <laughs> For people who don't know, Lenny Bayes was a sort of fake um, uh, lounge He's lizard comedian. Fantastic. With more or less the, <laughs> with more or less the same uh, accent as Lewis Schaefer. <laughs> He's he's fake. Well, funny, funny man. But fake accent is Lewis, because of course he's from Birmingham. But, uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, and he's not a failure. Well, yes, the poor old Lewis Schaefer, who's made his entire reputation of being a failure and having a show called... He's been on the Today programme, for fuck's sake. But I should have been called Free Until Famous. Now he's charging a tenor at, at Edinburgh to get in there, a tenor in Leicester Square for the last God knows how long. And where is he going to? That's the thing. If you build a career on failure, when you start to succeed, where do you go? Uh, upwards. <laughs> most people, most people, he's going to fail at being a failure, therefore he's going to go upwards. Most people fail at being a success and go downwards. He's going to fail at But then is he going to be able to get away with stumbling on stage and just talking shit for now? Well, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting shit he talks. Did, did, did you see the video of the Today programme? That was interesting. No. Uh, some, someone... Did you have videos of the Today programme? Well, they, they seem to have some sort of webcam or something up in the corner. Uh, it, must, it must be on the BBC website or something. That's uh, very modern of them. With John Humphreys. Well, the John... Uh, but they, they had a webcam of this and someone gave it to Lewis and he put it online on, on Facebook. And uh, he was being very... He looked really good on camera. John Humphreys was in the corner shuffling papers because it wasn't his, his serious item. Ah. Uh, but uh, he, he did look really good on television. I mean, he would be very good on the television documentary. He, he's not a stand-up comedian because he can't replicate the act mm. phrase for phrase, pause for pause, on rehearsals, dress rehearsals and the take. But he'd be very good, like, uh, my view of Britain. It'd be like uh, a letter from America with Alistair Cam. Yeah. But then he does... Cam, <laughs> 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 uh, he does... You know, he chunters... Or it's a bit like um, Phil Kay, who can be absolutely genius on stage or can be... What the fuck was all that about? And, the, and that sort of thing is very difficult to capture on television because you, you are time-constrained on television. And there's, when, when someone <coughs> rambles, the way I'm rambling now, but when someone rambles the way, say, Phil or Lewis ramble, it's not rambling in a way that you can chop down to make something succinct. Yeah. You need nerves of steel as a producer and just let it go. I, I, I was in the audience at a London weekend, I think it was, it was Michael Barrymore, and I think it was called Barrymore, the series. Really? And it was the first episode, uh, and uh, they kept interrupting the show to say to Michael he'd gone off script, and they kept putting him back on script. Which is completely mad because oh. the one thing you don't want to yeah. do is keep him. You just want to let him let, let him loose, no. hope for the best, have nerves of steel, yeah. and have a very good director who can edit. I have to say that uh, Ross Noble yes. is is a great off scripter. Surely not. Uh, and <laughs> uh, no, I mean going off script, yes, and yeah, he's yeah. he's a great kind of rambler and stream of consciousness, yeah, yeah. and he's fantastic presenting TV and presenting yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. He really is very, very good. I mean, if you've got nerves... So it's quite possible that I've just been talking shit no, for no. five minutes. What, what, what you want with people like Surely Lewis... Surely it's a mistake. What you want with Lewis is a very good producer with nerves of steel who knows what he's doing and a very good director. And I remember I did a show called... Uh, uh, oh, God, uh, Jack D's Saturday Night Out or In or something. You've worked with Jack D? I've worked with Jack D. Can I've I worked, touch your baldy head? I've worked with them all. I prefer other places. The head will do. Uh, and uh, the producer, Dave Morley, excellent producer. <gasps> I know Dave Morley. He's a wonderful producer. Uh, had the very bright idea of having as a director 
a guy who hadn't done very much entertainment. He had done some, but he was mostly a sports director. Crikey. And therefore he was used to directing live sports events. Uh-huh. And therefore he didn't get thrown by people going off script or not doing the script. And he had, he, he had coverage. He could cover everything on the cameras. And he had everything covered. And therefore, whatever happened, it was going to end up well when, when edited. And it was in, So I think that's like producer, producers have to have nerves of steel with those sort of acts. Yeah. But they don't keep putting them back to a rigid script. And the thing is, nobody has nerves of steel now, because yeah. they're all 12 yeah. years yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and they've but, learned it in university. Yeah. But also the director has to know exactly what he's doing. He has to be really experienced. And, and it, you're, you're covering a live sports event, sport event, really. Mm. You're not covering a, a scripted entertainment show. So you're suggesting we use older, more experienced people in television. You heard it here, folks. Unbelievable. I know. I just wish somebody in power in television would think that too. (laughs) What did the wife saga hasn't started up its own channel, but there you go. (gasps) There's an idea. I know, yes. uh, You you could uh, fight to be the presenter. Indeed. I don't know why we hadn't... uh, I I feel this had been a rambling one. We're we're now uh, just coming up to 25 minutes in this this podcast. I feel feel we should... Now, you see, when, when comics do that on stage... I, lo- I can hear the sound of a star dropping off the review for this podcast. Because, we, because they do that. How much longer have we got to go? Oh, oh dear, gosh, 15 minutes. Mm. No, you never do that, John. But I, I First rule of, well, third, well, maybe eighth rule of comedy. Never time check yourself in the middle of your act and let the audience know that you're frankly bored by what you're doing and you can't believe you've still got 10 minutes to go. It's a definite <laughs> no-no. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, right. And this is a two, this could be this is heading to be a two-star podcast. Oh no! You know me, firm but fair, firm, firm but, but fair. fair, firm but fair. Well, that's it. Then. That's the end, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're goldfishing now. What's gold? What's goldfishing? Just, just kind of making flapping moves with your mouth and no noise. Now, like I said, my sex life wasn't good even when I was younger. Yes, uh, I'm beginning uh, to understand why. 